on this week's episode of Living Free with RP. We have Lorelai. Lorelai is all the way over up in uh, Ottawa, Canada, diagnosed 35 years ago. Uh, she's a, a wonderful lady, and I think you're going to really enjoy her story. So here is Lorelai's journey. First of all, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time out today to be on the show. Thank you, Michael. It's great to be here. So tell us who you are and, and where you're from and tell us all about your family. Okay. Well, my name is Lorelai and I live in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, the capital of Canada, which is experiencing our third day of snow for the first time this year. So that's always fun for the next few months. Um, I was born in Toronto area and I was raised in Calgary, Alberta, which is the Wild West, uh, before returning to Ontario in my early 20s to go to university and be closer to where my parents were retiring. So, yeah, I'm a, a Canadian girl. <laughs> um, I have my father's deceased. My mom is still alive and she's 85, soon to be 86. She lives independently, but, you know, is suffering during this lockdown from stretches of loneliness and isolation. Um, and I have a, a sister who lives in Dubai and my brother passed away this week, um, 23 years ago in a car accident. So it's always a, a different kind of week for us. Um, right. And I have another brother as well. Um, I've got kids that are grown kind of 26 with, I have a new granddaughter and, um, awesome. and we still have our little stay at home or sorry, in the home 15 year old boy who was a, a late in life miracle that, really helps keep me going uh as well as my husband so yeah that's a bit about me uh <laughs> kind of the boring so, part of things <laughs> well it's not boring uh when did you get diagnosed so i got diagnosed when i was just turning 20 um so many people experience symptoms when they're young children some later uh for me when I look back, I really didn't have any symptoms until my late teens. I remember, you know, my mom saying to me, watch where you're going when I tripped over a vacuum. And uh, eventually they took me in to get my eyes tested and they said there was nothing wrong with me. 
And that kind of continued for a couple of years. Um, I went to some other doctors then in Ottawa when I was in university, just really concerned. And they said they couldn't see anything. And um, I was baffled because I knew I had problems. And someone told me about another doctor at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. So I went there and with my sister. And I remember sitting at the desk and he says, oh, I see what you have. And he said, retinitis pigmentosa. And I said, can you just write that down? Because uh, <laughs> I can't spell that or figure that out. And of course, during those days, there was really no internet or ways of researching too much. So he just gave me some information, basic information, said, you know, maybe you should get a doctor in Ottawa where you are. And so he made a referral there. And really at that time, there wasn't a lot known about the disease. Um, so it was kind of difficult. My mother's older cousin, um, who was a senior citizen, had had years before a, an international student living in his home in Ottawa. And he was going to medical school. And he ended up moving to Boston. And so this cousin of mine arranged for my dad and I to fly on a little plane to Boston. And we met with this guy who was then an ophthalmologist and his name is Dr. Peter Liu and he's now one of the head guys at Massachusetts Eye and Ear and he was able to get me even though he was young in his career at that time um, in to see a lot of the specialists and they just basically confirmed the diagnosis and we had a grand old time in Boston and went to Cheers and ate seafood and I still didn't really understand the extent of things at that point so that was like 30 over 35 years ago wow um so then i i was referred to this doctor in ottawa and he was like a little bit of a a gruff old man <laughs> <laughs> who now i realize he just passed away a couple of years ago but now i realize he, what he was doing with me was called tough love because i was just like okay whatever i have this thing i don't see that great at night I trip a little bit, but I'm still driving. I loved cars. And, you know, he was quite strict with me and said, you have to quit your job. You have to go back to university again and do something that you'll be able to do when you go blind in 10 to 15 years. And that really hit me. I'd never really heard those words before. Mm -hmm. And I remember being in the waiting room with my dad while we were awaiting results of my ERG for the first time and sitting there. And he kind of came out to his secretary and says, do you have the results? And there was like a full waiting room. And he said, is she extinguished yet? <laughs> and I just went, oh my, extinguished? Um, anyway, I did quit my job and go back to university again, and that was a really good thing. But, uh, yeah, that was well over 35 years ago now that I was diagnosed and uh, answered your question. <laughs> Extinguished. Extinguished. Like, and I don't no know how I feel about that. Yeah. I know. It's like there's no activity. Um, it's like, okay. Yeah, it was a very strong word, and I was kind of crying, and my dad was really trying to be super strong. But he was, I could tell he was ticked off. 
it's a tough one though like to like to think about the future like it's it's almost nearly impossible for anybody to really say oh well you're gonna be blind in 15 years so you might want to get you know get adjusted or do this and i don't know i always i looked at like you just live life every day you know and take it day by day and live life to the fullest do what you want and not you know kind of think about that i try it's so tough to be like for us like with rp to actually think about the future and yeah and what we're gonna do if like this because i mean hey you know you you might have a really slow form of rp and 20 years from then you could still be driving yeah yeah i don't know i know and that's the thing I, i don't know that they knew much about it at that time um I, I was put in touch with two people who formed this little wee committee in Ottawa, the the Retinitis Pigmentosa, you know, um, foundation, little local support group. At that time, the Foundation Fighting Blindness Canada was called the RP Foundation. Hmm. Uh, and then they changed it to RP Foundation Fighting Blindness. And then it became Foundation Fighting Blindness. Um and now it's incorporating many different retinal disorders like macular degeneration. So they have a broad range of things they support. But back in those early days, it was this tiny little thing with like one employee in Toronto and they did fundraising. My aunt, who passed away a couple of weeks ago from COVID, um, yeah. owned a PR firm in Toronto. And she did lots of like marketing materials to do fundraisers. They started this thing in Canada called the um, Ride for Sight. And it grew to like thousands of motorcycles every year descending on a tiny town. Hmm. And these guys would show up, like my parents got really involved. So they would go there once a year. They had all their little badges from every year. I only went once, I think, because I was working. But And they were kind of straight-laced people. And they'd come home and show me pictures and tell me stories about these guys on like huge Harleys with long hair and beards and bags of money and she'd befriend them and say to them you're doing this for my daughter and she'd break down and <laughs> yeah but it was like really cool like their fundraising was so um limited but at the same time so passionate in those days and uh i i just didn't know anybody there was no internet so now that i've met people like you on these facebook rp groups it's such a gift to really talk to people that know exactly what you're going through. Oh yeah, my mom still to this day, like she, I mean, she's just starting to get down Facebook a little bit, but she always grew up and same thing. Nobody was around. There was nobody to talk to, and she tried joining groups and things like that. But uh, she always wanted to have a RP buddy, so to speak. You know, someone that mm-hmm. you know about her age, you know, that she can hang out with and and talk to and stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. it's starting to get like you know it's a little better now. I mean, if she can get Facebook down a little better, then she probably would. It would be cool. But uh, <laughs> be uh, careful with that beast. My mom's on there, and sometimes yeah. Really oh, I mean, I, I mean, I got her. An, I, I got I got her an iPhone, and now she can text me. <laughs> so oh. I, I hear from my mom all the time now. Yeah, that's not. A I, problem. I'm kidding, but yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so like, I remember great. when I grew up in Calgary. Um. Back then, we could get our learner's permits when we were 14. And the day I turned 14, I got it. It was known as um, a a city of really crazy drivers. And they weren't so much crazy as like, you had to keep up or someone's going to get upset with you. 
okay. So I got my learners at 14 and got my driver's license the day I turned 16, my full license where I could go on any kind of roadway, bought myself a truck. And I mean, I loved cars. When I see your Facebook things <laughs> about these cars you're restoring, I'm thinking, okay, well, if I ever get the cure, I'm going down there. I'm driving that Mustang. <laughs> um, <laughs> but That's a deal. Losing my driver's license was incredibly hard. And even after I had this tough love doctor tell me you can't drive anymore, he didn't write in about it. So I have to admit, I did drive for a few years because at that time, my daytime vision was excellent. Like, and I really felt ripped off when I finally accepted that maybe I shouldn't be driving. Um, so that's been one of the hardest things is that loss of independence and mobility, especially when you're like me and you loved cars and driving. And I drove everywhere. Oh, I was yeah. totally lazy. So how old were you when you gave it up? I was 26, I think. Oh, and sure. uh, I was working as a probation and parole officer in qu quite a remote small town, but encompassing a large rural area. So my caseload stretched to many points in the county, and I just loved it. So I'd get in the car and go out. Maybe it was in to the hills where there were actual draft dodgers living with no hydro and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> very cool. Or up, I had the caseload at the largest military base in Canada. So I had to drive to get up there and and other points as well. It's, it's the hugest county in Ontario. My uncle was the judge, so it was always really fun. And um, I remember one time I was at court. I was the court officer, and uh, it was lunchtime. So I jumped in my beautiful powder blue BMW, pulled <laughs> out of the courthouse, hit a sign, and kind of went, oh, crap. Um it was within the parking lot, so I didn't stop or anything. Nice. I, bent, I bent it a little bit, and I went home. And I was having my lunch, and there's a knock at the door, and it's police officer that I knew, that I worked with, who was in the court that day. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? Come on in, blah, blah, blah. We are friends. And he has with him this ticket for me. And I said, what's that? And he goes, well, I'm afraid I have to charge you for leaving the scene of an accident. Well, I was freaked out. Well, then, of course, he tells me it's a big joke. But he said, you know, Lorelai, maybe you should start thinking. Because they knew about my eye problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> about not driving anymore. And gotcha. after that happened, I thought, yeah, what if that had been a person? <laughs> I kind of thought I could see. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what RP is. Yeah. Uh, brain um, is tricking I, you. Yeah. It, it, is it your brain tricking you that maybe you're scanning around so much that you actually think you have this field? Well, it's routine. And, you're, you've, yeah. 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 It's routine. You're, you're, your eyes have known where to look for so long that you just yeah. convinced yourself that I'm good. Yeah. So I gave up the driving. I had to reduce my caseload and be stuck in the office all the time with just the local criminals. <laughs> Yeah, and which was fine. I had a great caseload and great bunch, but um, that loss of just being able to do what I wanted to do when I needed to go to court, I was like phoning people, "Can you drive me?" Because I didn't want to take a taxi. You know, I never wanted to admit 
or give into this thing. So I was very lazy right. about walking and there was really no public transit. So sometimes they even phone the police station. Okay, can someone pick me up on the way to court? But <laughs> I hated, hated, hated not being able to go when I wanted to go. Yeah, relying on people. And I feel like yeah. uh, sometimes it's like we feel like we're a burden or we're mm-hmm. asking too much of people sometimes. Yeah. yeah. When it's like when we really shouldn't really feel that way. Yeah, but it's a, just a natural feeling. And I, yeah, I, I like to fix cars because it scratches that itch. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like at least pulling a car out of the garage that gives me enough to be like, I'm still there. Like, yeah. even though I can't go and I can't take the car and go take a go for a ride or test it out when I'm done doing something. Um, at least I can, you know, fire the car up and, you know, and move it and, and do something I did. I worked on. And so it yeah. gives me, it gives you, you know, I think it helps. So, well, and I so. have to admit something a couple of years ago, my sister had this car at the cottage. It was a 35 year old Datsun 380ZX, whatever anniversary. Oh, probably 300Z, yeah, yeah. yeah, very cool. I love that and somebody came to do some work at the cottage and the car was there and had to be moved. And it was just me there. Well, I put my little son in the seat. He had never seen me drive before. I said, come with mama. <laughs> <laughs> and I moved the thing. And then I kept going. <laughs> Dirt road. <laughs> I turned around and came back. I was very careful. I shouldn't yeah. really be admitting this or encouraging this, but, and it was a stick. I think it's fine. And he <laughs> was like, wide-eyed he couldn't believe what a great driver i was and i and then i parked it and i just went that was so amazing yeah that's what you need that moment and you have to know there's like no one else on this road it's like plus it's an awesome car because you know like i'm also i'm a nissan i'm a a big nissan z fan so i had a 78 Datsun and i had a 280 and i had a I had an 83 Datsun 280ZX turbo oh and i had an 86 i had an 86 300ZX so, well, it's too bad they took it to these. the wreckers last year. You should have towed it for the. Uh, but uh, the driving thing was really, really tough. And a couple of years ago, I remember I was having a poor me day okay. and saying to my older adult daughter, you know, I feel like such a crappy mom and blah, blah, blah. I was never able to just throw you kids in the car and take and you go, to the soccer yeah. or go get a quart of milk or go do whatever out to the stables to see the horses. And I just, you never had that full childhood, blah, blah. <laughs> and she just looked at me and she said, you know what, mom? I think it's you that thinks that, but I never <laughs> knew any different. So it's not a big deal. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Some our kids perceive things much differently. I think about that all the time too. You know, wondering, you know, like, geez, if I had better vision, I'd be taking my son out. We'd be going for a ride somewhere. Da 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 da. And you know, yeah. it's like we can't. I don't, you know, or I don't go take him outside to go play soccer with him. I mean, I could still play soccer, but it's a little more difficult for me. But I know I would be more adamant about doing it if I were, you know, if my sight were better. And yeah, so you always constantly think that. Yeah. How old was your son when you took him for that ride in the car? He was like about twelve or thirteen. See, that's good. You know, I see that's good. He was awesome amazed because I, I I equate that to the the memory I have of my mom driving. I drove with her one time, and yeah. I hadn't. And I was like, and I told her, I go, I remember. I'm like, mom, I remember you driving. Uh, you know, our stepdad had a Corvette, a '75 Corvette, and a '57 Chevy, and the '57 Chevy was getting work done. So, uh, uh. my mom had to. We drove the '75. 
to uh, the gas station, but he had to drive the 57 back. So she needed to drive the um, the Corvette back home. So I went with her. Mm-hmm. And I remember that drive. It was a short drive, you know, just right down the road to our house. And I asked her about that. And I was like, oh, I remember that time. I go, was that? And I'm like, was that like, you know, your last time driving? She's like, oh, yeah, that was my last. She's like, that was my last time driving. She's like, actually, I didn't have a, I hadn't had a valid driver's license in years. She's like, so, I, but. So your I, mom had RP? Oh, my mom has RP too, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. So I, I, and I love that moment. And that moment like meant a lot to me. So that's why years Aww. later, when I, my last day, I took my mom out in a 64, or no, sorry, 65 Mustang. Oh, wow. I, for my last day of driving, because she had a 68 Mustang. That's why I have the 68 Mustang I have now, because it was imprinted in my brain. You know, I, I know my mom loved her 68 Mustang and, you know, and it got ruined and she had to give it up. And then so, and obviously now she, you know, you know, didn't, you know, not driving anymore. But so having been with my mom, that was like, that's a big moment. So I think, I think your, your son will remember that. Yeah. That's yeah, so years, cool. years later, he'll be like, you know, maybe, you know, he'll, he'll want to take you for a ride. Somewhere. <laughs> well, I always that, give him little bits of information. He'll be 16 next year. So he'll get his learner's permit. And after that, he'll have his driver's license. And I'm always saying to him, I get to choose the car. <laughs> and you'll be my chauffeur and uh oh, yeah i have so lots of go. plans for him and his driving no that, that's right. <laughs> that's that that was probably more that probably will stick more in his brain than you realize like my mom yeah. probably didn't realize i like you know was thinking about that but i have always remembered that moment driving with my mom because that was the only time i remember oh. being in the car with my mom because obviously she, well, she had stopped driving along when i was young she stopped driving so I was, I just, I only had that one moment of her driving, you know, and now it makes sense because she, she wasn't driving anymore. Aww. But yeah, no, but I can also relate to you since you're confessing. I always confess to people too. I'm like, why well, I stopped driving, <laughs> I did the same thing. Like, you know, I went out, I'd be out with my friends, you know, at a bar or something. And then, you know, had a few, had a, maybe a few beers and I felt a little more confident because I, that, you know, because I tend to have anxiety when I was driving towards the end. I had a lot of anxiety. It just, mm. it just wasn't worth it to me drive anymore. Um, it was too much work. So, you know, when you go to your, you know, hang out with your friends and you have a few beers, you get home and you're like, you know, the Subaru does need gas. <laughs> I sh- <laughs> you know what? You know, I'm not going to bother my wife with it. I'll, I'll, I'll just go take that for a ride. <laughs> yeah. Get some gas. So, yeah, yeah. I remember I did that a few times. Or I think one time, yeah, I, I needed to drive the car. Our car had gotten like illegally repoed. I say I call it fake repoed because somebody else messed up, <laughs> but they took our car anyway. So we we got that all situation figured out. But obviously, one of us had to drive the other car back home. So mm-hmm. same, you know, same thing. My, and of course, my son wants to drive with me. And I'm like, ah, oh. I'm like, I'm like, I really don't want to do this. But I was like, so I just yeah, same thing. Yeah, just you know, be careful and all that stuff. I mean, geez, I even drove as recently as um, just once last year uh, when we got the house. We got we got a house. And then I didn't feel comfortable letting people drive the other Mustang I had because I had just done the brakes and I lost the brakes. Oh, so I only had I only had like the e-brake and I had a little bit of front brakes because uh, oh. it was just too much air in the system. But I was able to do it. I felt I've done this before. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I would feel more comfortable. Like it's only less than a mile. I only have to go less than a mile from where we were moving to. So, yeah, I mean, even last year I was like. I could do this. My friend went with me as my extra set of eyes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we got it done. So, I mean, yeah, you know, once in a while, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think if you're smart about it and you're, you know, like I said, I wouldn't do it by myself, but I had someone in the car with me. Yeah. Um, 
only time I did, I think the only time I did that, I, I made my friend nervous was uh, when I had the 91 Mustang and I had to get tires put on it. Um, well, one of us, like, I I had to get the car back, so but I needed a ride to go pick the car up. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to drive it back home. And luckily, this time I was, I told my son, I was like, no, I don't want you driving in the car with me. <laughs> you know, I was like, you go drive with my, you go drive my friend. And I, so I, I told my friend Drew to go like ahead of me and I would follow him. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I just, I was like, when you pull out on the road, because the hardest challenge is, since we don't have peripheral vision, is driving, is pulling out into the roads and stuff, exactly. like, and stuff like that. So I said, when you pull out, I'm going out with you. So just make sure there's room for two, (laughs) and that's it. And I, you know, he's like, I was nervous. He's like, I was nervous the whole time and be by me. I'm like, I'm like, that's fine. You know, I know the way. It's the same thing of walking around and stuff. Like I know, I know all the streets in Nagatak. I know all where I live. You know, so so it's it was not that difficult at all, and I I did the drive fine. But I think in extreme cases like that, sometimes you have to do it. I mean, and technically, I do still have a valid driver's license until December. So wow. It wasn't like I was an illegal driver. Technically, if I got pulled over, yeah. as long as I show them my, you know, license and registration, uh, they wouldn't know. You know, as long yeah. as I don't look like some kind of drunk guy trying to take it out. But well, that's the problem with RP. Is sometimes you do look drunk. Yeah, you look drunk. Uh, yeah. I re- right. I remember going to um, my husband's in the entertainment business, and we were at the Canadian Comedy Awards, and I was. Uh, he, I don't know, he was doing something with the production of it or something, or maybe he was on the stage. I forget what he was doing, but I was sitting in the crowd with somebody else. Luba Goy, she's hilarious. She was on a Canadian show called Air Farce comedy show. And we were leaving the theater, Luba and I, and they didn't put the lights on. And I was just clinging on to her for dear life because i've always <laughs> been a faker when it comes to canes and all this stuff okay right so a lot of people didn't know i had a problem and uh i was clinging on to her going out of this thing and the next morning she said to me you wouldn't believe the number of people that came up to me and said who was the drunk gal with you oh yeah <laughs> and so you know that brings me to another subject the, the dreaded cane and um <laughs> i I'm a faker, so I use it sometimes, but sometimes I don't. My children have always encouraged me, like even if I feel embarrassed to have the cane or it's not even so much embarrassment because I don't have any vanity. It's more the fact that we're partially sighted, partially blind, and people don't understand that. And they look at you and you're looking at your phone or you're reading. There's only one or the other. Yeah. Are you blind or are you this? And okay, well, you have a cane, but you've just, you're texting on your phone. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I still do that. Yeah. So I get paranoid taking my phone out if I have my cane with me. Yeah, it's crazy how you feel like almost like guilty when you have this thing. And yep. I went through a really hard time the past year because about a year and a half ago, I guess, my vision started really deteriorating swiftly. Until then, it was just this slow progression, worse a little bit at a time, you know, that water torture type thing. (laughs) And um, but a year and a half ago, there was like a huge drop in my vision. And uh, so I got some tests and they confirmed I had cataracts. And I was like, yay, this is wonderful. (laughs) Because I'd heard stories about people having cataract removed. And then it opens up your vision more. And then you lose your focus. 
Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is amazing. <laughs> so I was looking forward to my cataract surgery. And last December, I had my first surgery. And um, it didn't go great. <laughs> so when I had the surgery, uh, they put in a distance lens in that eye. Okay. So all of a sudden, everything within, uh, I guess, close-up vision was extremely foggy. Um, I couldn't see, read. I couldn't even read my phone when it was enlarged. I couldn't look at the screen. I'm a volunteer at the Performing Arts Center that my husband runs. And I'm kind of, because it's run a lot on volunteers, I'm like the webmaster. I'm this, I'm that. I do a lot of the business and I'm like, what on earth am I going to do if I can't read? I've also always been an avid reader. And I remember as a child, like, opening my curtain after lights were out so that I could read by the moonlight. Like, I love books. And so I was really freaking out after this first surgery. And I was to have the second one done. And I thought, oh, my gosh, like, I'm not going to see my grandchild for Christmas. Because I actually prepared myself that I would be completely blind. Because after the first cataract, I honestly couldn't see. Oh, wow. And so I finally got in touch with my doctor. And she said, come in and see me. During that week, I was so spiritually and emotionally prepared to actually go blind. I had people phoning me, offering me words of encouragement. I had pastors praying with me in person and over the phone. I had a couple of former NHL players that I know, like one came to the house, one called me, and like everyone was just guiding me spiritually that, you know what, you can do this. And and I knew that I had always been told I was going blind. So I actually thought I was going to be fully blind after my second cataract surgery. I can't even tell you, like, how frightened I was and but I found this inner strength and I was all prepared and the day before my surgery she canceled it and I'm yeah. like oh okay but I'm all ready to be blind now <laughs> and she decided at my urging that she changed the lens in the second one to allow me to see close up in that one um, so I have okay. two different ones now one that sees better in distance, one that sees better close up. And then that's uh, weird. It's so weird. And then <laughs> I, but I couldn't like, get oh. glasses to, you know, make them better for a few months because I had the edema, macular edema. So I was on okay. those drops at the same time. And I also had to have the laser surgery for the wrinkles. So, I knew it would be several months before I could get glasses. So I was just in like a total fog for a few months. And then two weeks after the shutdown um, with COVID in March, I said to my husband, I want to go out for a walk because I really hadn't been out in a couple of months. And I fell and snapped my leg. Oh. And so I had been basically isolating for two to three months before COVID. Then all of a sudden I couldn't walk for a couple of months. Ugh. And 
it was just a really trying time. But honestly, I find people with RP, when you go through something really bad, sometimes it does give you strength in other areas. And uh, I got my new glasses in June. Sweet. And so now I can actually read out of one eye. Which is always good. And yeah. (laughs) So for the last couple of months i've actually read four books which i used to be able to polish Jeez. off in two days but like i'm so proud of myself you're crushing I'm, you're crushing me i'm not a book reader so i mean it oh, takes me it, it might take me a full year probably for that to happen yeah i'm one of those stubborn people that you know people say get an audiobook and audiobooks are wonderful but i love the feel and look of a book and the words on the page and i know i have to change that but Anyway, so I've read a few books, and um, yeah, so my leg still hurts, though. <laughs> but now my eyes are yeah, getting that's... foggy again, Ooh. and I think I might have edema again. Uh, it was cleared up. So there's always these challenges. and uh, But if there's any message I could give to anybody in our support groups, especially the younger ones, I think, or the ones that still have a lot of useful vision, and, and maybe even those without is that the strides in research are so crazy right now that I actually believe there's going to be a cure and a treatment within oh, yeah, I'm with you. within definitely within ten years. Now oh, yeah, definitely. I'm with you. I'll be I'll be a senior citizen by the <laughs> I um, said when I stopped driving I would drive in ten years. That'll be five more years. So I mean, there I, you go. Well, I, I fully believe right. like, you know, it's it's five to ten years away right now, I think. I, so. I think it is. And and everyone it's almost like this pandemic right now. You gotta behave yourself until the vaccine comes. Yeah, right? we can, right. Just so be for us Yeah. So for us we have to do what we can to try and be healthy and optimistic, take care of things until this cure comes. Because oh, I my think friend it, laughed at me. He's like, he's like, you're dude. He's like, you're like the you know king of quarantine. I go, yeah. I know. I'm a, I'm a quarantine pro. Like, I, I bet you guys all like are crying because you can't get your hair, you know, cut. And I'm like, guys, I can't even get out of the house. I have to get, you know, I have to find people to give me rides and things. Like, I'm like, you know, it's quarantining. This is easy. I know. <laughs> you do now. No I'm used more to not being night. able to get out. I'm used. I'm not. I'm, this is. I don't get depressed about it because I'm just. I, I find ways to keep myself busy. I have a gym at home. I have, you know, I, I you know, I, like you said, I got that project car. I got, I got, you know, I, I, I'm not worried about this. Like, oh, you want me to lock down for another 90 days? Okay, thank you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, we're used to it, right? And I don't know yeah, about I think, you, yeah, we're but good I, that. Like, I, that's I the really one great now... thing about RP is like, we're, we, we are used to this. Like, our, when yeah. they had to do the whole quarantine or lockdown and all that stuff, it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you guys could suffer. We're not suffering, actually. For once, we're not suffering. Yeah, no. <laughs> and even the, like, I avoid going out at night unless it's yeah. something really cool I want to go to, like, you know, a music industry oh, yeah, event or something I need to be at. But I really, really avoid going anywhere after dark. And I know I shouldn't. I could go yeah, out. But we always, you know, but it's just annoying for me. <laughs> my friends can be jealous because you know NHL players. My friends, uh, my friend Chris Bowen from uh, way going way back, childhood friend of mine, who actually was, you know, a big supporter of mine. It always helps me get out when I need rides and stuff. Uh, but he's a he was a you know hockey ref and college level and stuff like that. So he's a big uh, Canadian okay. fan and big NHL fan. So the fact that, the fact that you know NHL players, I could be like I can brag and say I, I talked well, to somebody who was friends with NHL players. 
when we, <laughs> when we were young, my parents got involved with uh, an organization called Hockey Ministries International. Okay. And they had hockey camps um, starting out very small in Ontario and Quebec, and now they're worldwide. And um, you wouldn't believe the amount of Christian hockey players that are in the NHL, people that are real tough guys too. And um, so that's where I, I know a, a ton of them from. And uh, they're very inspirational, inspirational people. And that's awesome. one thing we can all use is inspiration, right? <laughs> oh, totally. My, 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 my Canadian stuff is usually Degrassi. Degrassi? Me, me and my <laughs> wife are big Degrassi fans. Like the original Degrassi. Oh well, yeah. Because we, I, I don't actually, I don't think we always said we were gonna watch the one from the eighties. Because, but the one from the the next generation has people on it from the original. Oh, I've never seen. They're it. like the, they're like the parents and stuff like that now. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's how we got into it. And uh, but yeah, we always said we we're gonna watch the original. I don't think we haven't yet, but I, I want to. But because I know we like a lot of the characters that are from the, on the next generation. But yeah, no, totally. Uh, and yeah, I might that, be wrong, that. but I think Drake was on it. Yes, he was. Yeah. <laughs> he uh he got paralyzed in the in the show. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got, we we know his name was Jimmy. That was his name on the okay. show. Okay. So it's always funny cuz I remember the moment when uh Drake became, you know, you know, uh famous. My wife was like, "Oh my god, Jimmy's walking again." <laughs> and I go, "That's Drake." You're like that's and she's like Oh, never mind. <laughs> she, she instantly realized. Oh, you thought her it was mistake. a mistake. Yeah, she's like, she seems so serious about it too. Like, you know, she's like, oh my god, it's so great, Jimmy's walking again. Oh, like, like, he's well, not really Jimmy. <laughs> now, speaking of like convenient healings on TV, I remember that there was a character on The Young and the Restless who had Arpy, Adam, and. So his mother was blind and he had RP and I'm like, wow, this is so cool. There's actually a character with this. And about maybe six to 12 months in, he miraculously had some operation. Oh, oh yeah. Well, of course. And, and was then fully sighted because I guess it was just too annoying for them to write a storyline about someone being visually impaired. That, that's what we That need. really we just, ticked me yeah. off. <laughs> I wish it was like that, though, in real life where you're just like, oh, you got RP. Oh, no, no, you don't. Just fix that. Yeah, let's like, just change our resume and our storylines. Like, you know, I mean, there you go. You're all set. <laughs> yeah. I hope when the day comes and when there is a cure that it's like, at least like, I mean, there, there is things that are cures for other forms because I mean, I was obviously we know there's so many different genes out there that are causing it. But I hope when there, that time comes where it's, it's just that easy where I just, you know, it's like going in for LASIK or going in for, you know, uh, you know, getting your cataract removed, where it's just like you just call the doctor, you make an appointment, and that's it. Wouldn't it be amazing? And I think yeah. there is hope for that. I yeah. just... Not like I have to jump through hoops just to get this cure. Like I want it to be like, okay, you know, just here you go. You're gonna get you know this and go for surgery today, and uh, that's it. Yeah. Give it a couple, give it a couple weeks, and you'll be uh, you know, you'll be back to back to normal. So, I think oh. I think that will come. I do, and I want people to have hope for that. Especially oh, I think so. I think people that have, you know, maybe children with. Yeah, I mean that's what I worry about. Yeah, yeah. Like that. But um, I, have you identified? Had your gene identified? I, I keep I keep reminding I have to do that, but I have to go to my eye doctor. Which actually he texted me saying I have to you know 
oh, it's time for your eye checkup. Yeah. yeah. So but I, you I, I have to have him send, because he has to send in, the, uh, someone from, uh, no, an eye specialist has to send in the, uh, whatever, the thing to get the schedule that, the gene therapy thing. Yeah, you so, have to go to genetic counseling and testing here in Canada, and there's quite a wait list for it. And then it takes several months for them to get the results back. So uh-huh. the first time I had it done was like 11 years ago or something. And they identified two genes, RP1 and RP9. Okay. And there was no one else in my family with any symptoms or any signs of anything. Um, and uh, then as they've identified more genes, um, I forget what led me back to get this done again last year. But we went and had retesting. And um, it came back inconclusive. One of those was knocked out, and the other one was maybe a maybe. (laughs) So I still don't know what kind I have. Um, But I know that there's a lot of research into things like optogenics, where the type of gene won't matter. And then there's lots of wonderful things that are happening with RPE65 and... Oh, yeah, the Luxtura. With Luxtura and... I believe it's a really exciting time and, and I hope that the younger people and the, and the parents of young children can really have hope right now that, like you said, in a few years, it'll be a matter of scheduling this thing. And oh, yeah. And FFB actually, uh, FFB offers, that's where I'm going to go. They do it for free. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that's where I'm going to go. Yeah. So I just want to let people know that, you know, I, I know well, we do it for I had free up here. We do oh, it okay, for cool. free up here because we have universal health care. That's right. You guys, I know. Canada's we have wonderful. everything covered. <laughs> Canada's good. Canada, we are so I, blessed. <laughs> even with co- even with COVID, I seen like they did like you know good things for you guys for, uh, during COVID and stuff like that financially. So it's like they I'm like why no. can't we be doing this in the United States? It's so true. We have had a lot of help from the government. Um, businesses have had a lot of help. It's not easy for a lot of businesses. I'm not saying. Oh, sure that. not. No. Um, but our healthcare has certainly been. A huge blessing um, because whenever anything happens to you, you can go and get an x-ray, you can go get a surgery, you can do whatever. You never have to pay. You just show your card. Like It, it truly is wonderful. And whatever happens with RP, I'm sure things will be covered. You know, yeah, like my that's good. Yeah, everything. Right. You know, I never paid a cent for any of that. Um, that's, that's a wonderful thing. So I hope you guys can... Yeah, enjoy that. I'm, I'm moving to Canada then. Yeah, it's great. That's it. <laughs> except for I'm this going to become cold. a Canadian. <laughs> yeah, I well, I was going like to say it's, it's good except for the snow and cold, but you're right around the same area. I, I, I was born in December. I was born on the first day of winter, so I'm, I'm. This is my world. And you're north. <laughs> you're northern. You. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the east coast, so we get like awful winter. You get the here, same so, stuff as so, us. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. Uh, I'm down, you know. I mean, maybe it's just obviously a lot colder <laughs> over there and a lot earlier, but um, I'll get used to it if it means I get universal healthcare and all that stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll oh. get into hockey, which I haven't been into since my friend got me into it, like in high school. But I used to be a Sabres fan. Oh wow! Uh, back when Dominic Koshik used to play. Yes. That was the only reason why I like. I was like, oh, I like this guy, Dominic Koshik. He looks good. Yeah, know, they've kind of tanked now, but. My son is a rabid hockey fan, so he's just chomping at the bit for things to start up again. Oh, yeah, totally. 
So you haven't really mentioned though, where is your vision currently though? Like what, what? So I would say, um, my doctors stopped doing field tests on me years ago because it's basically, and same with ERGs because it's basically torture for me where I sit there and you're supposed to press the button when you sit (laughs) and I sit there, hello, nothing's happening. (laughs) Um, and then of course my extinguished Uh, retinas in the ERGs, both of the, you know, both results on those last time I had, that was maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago said no activity, but for some reason I can still see. So I would say I probably have between four and 5% left. Okay. So looking through a tiny pinhole, which is full of the, what I call blinding light show. I don't know if you're a triumph fan or remember that band from the eighties. Band, they have a song called Blinding Light Show, and I always that's how I that's describe true. my whirly bird flying around light show in my eyes. Okay. Uh, I have no night vision at all. Um, things are getting a little blurry, which could be the RP or it could be edema again. But, you know, like I said, I, I get around um, slowly. Uh, I'm same as everybody else, not a fan of the yellow slip signs and oh, no, the caution this. signs and the uh, <laughs> talking so, to mannequins and bumping uh, yeah, yeah. into them and saying, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, 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 my bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can still see a little bit. So I feel grateful for that. So speaking about those yellow signs, I'm, I mean, who's who's the victor? You are the signs. I know, but I hate when they make a lot of noise when you nail them. So do you win? Are, so are you winning, or do they win? I think they win. <laughs> yeah, because they're so loud. Um, it's it's a, it's always awkward. Yeah, that was always a it's it's always a moment when you knock one over, and of course, I feel like everybody's watching you. Yeah, I think my favorite was at the Fairmont Royal York Hotel in Toronto, where they you know because the, the signs are ugly, right? So they want them to blend <laughs> in with the beautiful decor. Okay. So they have their warning signs are like dark wood with like kind of glass on them really so you can't even like honestly her sighted people run them over <laughs> and this is no diss to the fairmont that's my favorite hotel in the world but yeah i nailed that one pretty good <laughs> that's crazy though like the, i would think like you know let's just make them like yeah yellow plastic like everybody else <laughs> yeah yeah my my idea was always like i've mentioned before on the podcast was to have a hologram that just makes it say what floor on like the floor so oh. actually you know knocking That's anything cool. over. or they could just jump out you and go watch where you're going <laughs> or you know why but why i always say like i and i never understand it is why why is the wet floor sign put in the middle of walking yes like why like normally sighted people if you put a wet floor sign off to the side of where you mopped and out <laughs> of the what like they would it you know like a normally sighted person is going to see that. So that's fine. Now, if we don't, it's okay. Cause then we won't hit, we won't trip on it. Cause it won't be there. Yeah. So, I, I don't, I don't get that. I never got why like, every time there's always a waffle day, put it right in the center of where everybody <laughs> walks. So like, it just makes zero that. sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> Are they, like I, I work at the YMCA. I teach spin over the, over there. And I always, that's, I'm always vigilant on that because I know they like to put those things out there. So, they put them right in front of the door. 
Like yeah. if I go into the class, it's like it's like right in front of the door, off the left. And like if and if I'm not like aware of it, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm gonna knock it over. I'm like, man, like I don't get this. Like, why would you put that right there? Like that that's just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Put it outside the door. Put it off the outside the door. Someone could read that and understand that. Oh, what floor sign? Okay. You yeah. Know. Warn you in advance. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like this is just like logic. Maybe like that's lost on regular sighted people. Yeah, I always like the line that people give where they say, with RP, you can spot a pencil on the floor, but you bump into the elephant on your way to go retrieve it. Yep. Without Sometimes a doubt. You're zoning in on some little thing and you don't see some big thing. Yep. Or sometimes you're looking for that little thing and it just takes forever to scan. <laughs> oh, that's how I had. That's the reason why I have, like, I, I took my Dotson's door in between my head. Because oh. my, door, my door was open. I put a gash right in the middle of my head because, like, I had my door open and I saw something on the ground I had to pick up. So I went to go yep. pick it up at full speed and took the corner of the, the window door right into my head. So yeah. I smashed that's, my that's, 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 that's <laughs> Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I had a wooden deck box door open and was shoving stuff into it and stupidly went, <laughs> oh, this is cool. It's kind of staying open by itself which it normally yeah. doesn't. Okay. So I leaned down and the thing of course came down and smashed my nose. So I looked really attractive, but uh, yeah, yeah. there's always I, these mishaps we have. Eh? That's why now I always, I, at least I try to remind myself cause I've almost done it a bunch of times in the Mustang. I took it. I did. I did it again in the Mustang. Same thing. Cause the Mustang has like these uh, on the doors. There's no, there's no window. There's no like doors like the, like the Mustang. I mean the Datsun had, but it has a little piece towards the front of the door. You know, that little triangle piece on the, yeah. The door. That one gets me because I open the door up and I kind of like think I could just go right, like <laughs> go into the interior and I cut it too close to that side and I almost put that right in my eyes again too. I missed it this time and I text my wife and I'm like, I almost did it again. Oh. She's like, she's like, she's like, be careful. And I'm like, I don't know. So now it's like I have to always, I try to remind myself always to put my hands out. I think that's the trick that we all should be doing anyway. Anytime you have to bend over to get anything, anytime you have yeah. to like. Just do a sweeping motion with your hands, and yeah. be like, "All right, we're clear. We are safe to go. We are good to go here." Yeah. Or yeah. we could all just wear like state puff marshmallow man suits or something. That's it. Yeah, I need something. You know what? Know what? Air why, can't we wear, why can't we wear a suit that where it has sensors on it, like backup cameras? You know how they beep louder and louder as you get closer to stuff. <laughs> So it should be like, you know, you're walking around the house, you just be like, boop, 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 You're like, oh, oh, oh what, yeah. what, what am I next to? What am I next to? Like, <laughs> you better patent that right away. That's it. I'm telling you. We, we've got, I, that's why I love about this podcast, because I always come up with some, like, I always, like, we always come up with some great ideas. I mean, I'm hoping somebody is listening out there. Maybe they will make it. And then I could just be like, I could be like, hey, I want a piece of that. I have proof. I have mentioned this. Yeah. A warning system. Yeah. I need a warning system. I go, well, I think they have a cane like that. I know they have a cane like that. Or yeah. shoes, or they were working on something like that, where are yeah, they? the cane could, or sense, or something in the shoes. So maybe it was shoes. I think it was shoes like that for like the 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 visually impaired and blind. So that like same that that's the idea. Like as you get closer to say curbs and things like that, that would yeah, they would they would you know get louder and louder and louder. That's a great like idea. That, oh yeah, I would love that. Because at least that would make more sense because they're on your feet, and that's that's really the problem area. Mm-hmm. Is the ground. So if you can have something that just at least could distinguish curbs and, you know, like yeah. solid objects like that, wet floor signs and all that, <laughs> it would be, it'd be perfect. I still think I'm going to get one of those LED canes too that. Oh um, yeah. Those are cool. I know. 
Yeah. Dave, uh, Dave Steele, the yeah, I see, yeah. the yeah. blind poet in England, and he endorses those. I I think I'd really like to get one of those. I figure if you're gonna like have a can, I guess you might as well just go all out and you know. Yeah, I want glitter. I want rip. everything. Yeah, make it really go out and just go. Like, <laughs> and just I, I, I keep saying I'm gonna do that. Like I I have two canes. One I bent because the uh, fire hydrant won, and mm -hmm. I lost. So. I was I was I was sweeping it back and forth and I, I must have caught the fire hydrant just perfect and it just locked into the fire hydrant and bent the cane. I was like, oh. and then um, so I have one that I bought just for the same reason that I keep breaking canes. I mm -hmm. bought it a carbon fiber cane, <laughs> so I have a carbon fiber cane I found on eBay and it's awesome. Oh, and that's so that's the one that usually I use. You can't break it; it's indestructible because it's carbon fiber. So, but I don't. It's it's nice too. It's super light. So you can sweep it back and forth like much faster, but it doesn't have like, you know how normal canes have like the um you can change the ball on the bottom usually and stuff like that. This one does yeah. not have like that. If it ha if I can change it to a roll, if I can have a carbon fiber cane, the one like I have, but have the big roller on it, that would be perfect for me because this one has more like um, kind of like a a point. It's plastic, but it's got then it's got a point, so it gets caught in stuff on cracks and stuff like that. So you can't really use it like floating over things like that so it's but i mean it works fine for what it, what it is but i would definitely like you know carbon fiber but give me like a giant ball on the end of it that rolls yeah i would use that you should speak to dave at, in manchester uk maybe he could yeah, make me something can we can yeah. we cut someone out? i want my i because i mean i know they make you know like i forgot who makes that the carbon fiber cane it's actually a person that makes them on ebay dan hmm. dan something i gotta look at the name on there there's a name on the cane and uh, I, I, I might even reach out to him and be like, I need this. I need the cane you make, but I want yeah. a roller, a big rolling ball on it. Because then be, I wouldn't have to. I could just leave it on the ground. Because right now I just kind of do that, you know, the, the sweeping motion. Just I kind of hover it. Yeah, with our terrain here, it's hard to use my little cane. Oh, okay. Because, um, you know, Canada and snow and yeah, you know. that. <laughs> but, uh, that would be really good, like a good heavy-duty one. I've often thought about those walking poles even. Yeah, but, those are, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. When I use my little cane, it's more to alert other people that I'm a hazard, really. Yes. Yeah. Watch out for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm blind man cop, blind person cop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what I said. I mean, like, there was one time, it was funny, I left to go drop my son off at of school, and I literally just walked out of the house with a cane. And I'm like, I'm, 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 we're kind of like, we're not like halfway there. We're just, we just got out and I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, Evan, I forgot. I forgot my cane. I'm like, I'm good. I'm like, I could walk to your school and back without a cane. So, which, which I did, but it was just funny because like, yeah, you know, like I, I technically, I, I, I use it more or less to let other people know. Like, yes. Cause like, yeah. could I walk down somewhere and not need it? Maybe, you know, but there's a good chance I'm going to trip or fall into something. And I just, that's not the moment I want to have. It's more yeah. embarrassing, you know, like, you know, so I don't, I don't, I don't need that, but yeah, totally. I, I will, we'll have to, I'll keep you posted on that. Yeah, that would be good. Cause I'm in the market for a more heavy duty thing. Yeah. And you say, I need to go to my Institute for the Blind here in Canada. They're great about the canes and upgrading them and everything, but I definitely am interested in the LED and yeah, something cool. more heavy duty with a, a more heavy duty ball on it. For well, plus me and my son, walk on, we actually, well, I walk to my spin class during the week and it mm -hmm. now it gets dark out earlier so it's dark out now yeah so that that would be a that would be a the, the, uh, that would be a great thing to have so i'll definitely have to look that so i know yeah led cane and we need an indestructible cane 
with a big ball on it. <laughs> well, let's take it to the shark's tank or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Here's what we got. Like, here's our idea. Check it out. You can you can blow it up, and it's still more. You can throw grenades at it, and it's still fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I did. Or the dog what, can grab trust it. Trust me, us, us visually impaired people, this, we know what you know what we need. Mm-hmm. Plus, we have sidewalks. I don't know how your sidewalks are in Canada, but ours, mine, mine are awful in town. So there's cracks everywhere. So you know that's that's what broke my first cane because it got caught right perfectly inside of a crack in the sidewalk, and it just snapped. Yeah. Yeah, we have that issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, it's a fun question. If you could get your vision back, which I think I already know the answer to this question. <laughs> uh, if you can get your vision back, what are some of the things that you would love to do again? What's something you're in? Where, where are you going? Well, obviously the driving. You know that. <laughs> um, you're also, going to the BMW yeah. dealership. Or, or, yeah. <laughs> but I grew up in the mountains out west and you know later in my teens looking back maybe that's when I started having problems because I wasn't as sure-footed as I once was on trails and stuff I would love to just be able to do more hiking and of course now with my broken foot and all the nerve damage it's caused that's causing other problems but I would love I, I love traveling I spent a lot of time in Jamaica and uh, I, I just want to be able to go into spaces and not feel nervous or clinging on to people when I'm unsure of things. Um, since I was a little girl, I've been obsessed with horses. And this is the longest I've gone the last uh, seven years without owning a horse. And I would just ride again. <laughs> I would. It's like my mom. My mom used to ride too. That's cool. Yeah. I, I would, I want to ride again. There you go. Yeah. And I just want to read more. <laughs> so read more. Get, get, so get in your car, drive down to the bookstore, yeah. get a bunch of books, <laughs> then yeah. go drive to the airport, drive, get on a plane, go fly, go, go somewhere on vacation. Yeah, and, there you and go. ride ride horses, and, and then, oh yeah, and you go, go to Jamaica and ride horses on the beach. Yes, all <laughs> of while I'm reading a book. Well, yeah, while you're reading a book, I got to yes. read a book on the horse. On the there you go, beach. Yeah, just just to do it. Yeah, I think one of the nicest, <laughs> one of the cutest answers I think I've heard her was uh, someone said they just they wanted to look at their wife because they never saw their wife on one shot before. I know, like that'd be their first thing. Like I'm like I'm like, and they're like. It's like those small things that everyone takes for granted that we, you know, we obviously don't, don't, you know. Yeah. Well, or I'm, being able to walk I, down the street yeah. in the dark. Yes. That's, that's yes. such a simple thing, right? It's like you, no, nobody would even think that would be like a bucket list item for you. But to be able to just go outside and be like, yeah. hey, I'm going to go for a run. It's 930 at night, but I'm going to go for a run. Or post-COVID when there's concerts again, I've avoided some concerts where it's a situation where people are standing watching oh yeah it's yeah, just right. too much of a nightmare so i missed paul simon's last tour oh, oh, yeah. and tom petty was here in ottawa and i just oh, it, i'm just going no it's it's too annoying being in the dark where you're standing and in a crowd and just to be able to kind of do that again would be really or how about this one actually being able to go out and not have to ask your friends where the bathroom is yeah, or can you or take being me led to the there? Bathroom? Can you take me there? Like you don't even ha- you don't even have to worry about it. You get that's like 
to me, that's always the number one thing. Yeah, yeah. Where's the bathroom and who's going to be able to take me there? Yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So uh, it's like, <laughs> and, and granted, usually I would say for women, it's not a big, big thing because normally women travel together anyway to go to the bathroom. That's true. But, but for men, it just seems a little weird. Yes. Can you, you know, take hey, me to the party? Hey, buddy, hey, bro, can you, uh, yeah, can you take, you know. <laughs> so yes like yeah that'd be nice to just walk into a place and not be able to have to actually do that be like i can actually get to the bathroom i know where it is yep. and i can walk myself <laughs> and even if it's in one of those restaurants where it's up a couple stairs or down oh yeah not not a not a problem yeah that would, that would be nice like but when you see it and you're like oh Oh, it's up there. Like, oh, we gotta walk. Can we get like? Can we get closer to it? Can we sit somewhere where it's gonna mm -hmm. be right there? <laughs> That's the other thing. You know, you know when you go somewhere, you try to get yourself in a position where you're as close as possible to that bathroom. Yeah. So you don't have to maneuver through, you know, tables and people and you know, because even if you have your friends walk you or or a guide to do, it's still like, ah, I feel like I'm on spectacle. Yeah. You know, if you're having being walked, led through to go to the like, yeah. hi. Yeah. No, once again, it's the whole thing. Oh, yeah. They've had too much to drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, no, I, like, I don't, I don't, I like that feeling. That'd be good. Here's another fun question because I'm still, I, I love to hear the responses on it. In your dreams, are you visually impaired or fully sighted? I'm fully sighted. Ah, I still and still they're holding out. vivid. They're vivid, and sometimes I'm driving. I do have a recurring dream sometimes where I'm driving and I put the brakes on, the brakes don't work, and I really have to press down. Oh, so and, they do kind of work, but they don't. Yeah, but they don't. I have to really, really press down right to the floorboards to get the car to stop. Hmm. And I'm wondering if I analyzed my dream, if that, you know might refer to the fact that I'm always hoping that this RP thing is just going to slow down and I'm trying to make it slow down. Oh yeah. Like, so you're saying maybe the car, the car is your RP in your dream. Maybe. Yeah. And you're trying, yeah. And you're desperately trying to hold yeah. it. Or, or is it like you're holding on to the, you know, that maybe I'll be able to drive again. And it's like, you're trying to stop like the car maybe. is just driving away and you're trying to like, no, 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 no. Yeah. But uh, luckily just trying to stop that from driving away. I'm fully sighted when I dream and the colors are always vivid. And so that's, that's awesome. a wonderful thing. Cause that's and our I, escape. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like a, an escape. Because I, um, I love color and I mm. love, I I'm a real visual learner and Oh, that's another thing I'd like. I'd love to be able to see the stars. Oh geez. I haven't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I haven't, I don't, I don't remember the last time I could see stars. <laughs> Oh, maybe a teenager, maybe anything. That's my thing. I remember seeing stars in the early 20s. I don't know. I don't, it's been a long time since I've been able to see stars. Yeah, I remember being in my teens and seeing the Big Dipper. Okay. But I think your, your progression sounds slow. similar to mine. Okay. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm picturing like when I was in, you know, where I'm at right now, you were probably at in your 30s. And then. Yeah. Like so, and now I'm in my 50s. I'm 56 now. Yeah. So it seems about right. Because, yeah, because I, I feel like we shift every 10 years. That, at least that's, that's my mindset is that our vision shifts every 10 years. It's kind of mm -hmm. like what you were describing, how it seemed like, you know, you go through that like slow kind of water torture and then like, boom, a big shit, a bit, you know, something happens. I think it's every 10 years. It's like when you enter a new age bracket, like when I entered <laughs> my 30s is when I noticed I couldn't, I was having daytime issues. That's the first time I remember when I saw my son 
and I was looking at him and I couldn't see him in oh. one shot. Like I had to scan yeah. a little bit. I had to scan a little bit. I was like, I was like, whoa, 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 I've never had to do that. Yeah. And that was the first time I was like, okay, I'm obviously starting to lose. I'm getting some blind spots in my daytime vision. So mm-hmm. those, you know, I feel like then, then you just, and then there's like 10 years goes by. And like right now I'm hitting, I'm about to turn 40 in December. I feel like I notice it. Like although the cataracts is getting worse or my vision's getting worse, but something is happening. A big shift is happening. But then what's going to happen, what I hope happens is that shift happens and then I adjust to that shift and then only that little kind of trickle happens again. Yeah, because it's really you know. hard that we're always adjusting every time that shift happens and then mm-hmm. you kind of have to adjust again. Oh, yeah. Well, that's 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 the issue. Like we're it's I always say it would be easier to be blind. Yeah. My son asked me like yesterday, he goes, would you rather be blind or would you rather be deaf? And I'm like, blind, because I'm already used to this. I'm mm-hmm. like, so it's just, I would rather just like, let's get it all done. <laughs> let's, if I have to choose one or the other, it's like, obviously I'd, I'd choose blind because it's a world I'm comfortable with. Uh, but deaf, no, I, I couldn't. And I, I feel bad for anybody who has um, turners, and not turners, but has, has um, you know, um, was it when you're uh, the one where you're blind and, and going blind? Yeah. Yeah. When whoever has people have that, it's like that's gonna uh, be harsh. Like, yeah. You know, like to you rely so much on other senses, and then now you're losing another one. You know, and I I love I I need my hearing to you know to navigate, and I use it a lot when I'm walking with my cane and stuff. Like when I'm crossing streets, if I I can tell there's no cars coming because I hear silence. You know, yes. so I just go. My um, kids are, I don't know how happy my kids have been with my, what I call super hearing. <laughs> they oh, don't yeah. away with yeah. anything. Yeah. I can hear so well and I'm very oh, blessed that My way. son constantly tries to scare me. <laughs> he'll kind of like, I'll be in the, I'll be, I can be in the kitchen table and he, he'll kind of like ninja, like try to like walk into the kitchen, like, like and walk real low and stuff. And I'll be like, I see you. Yep. Like, I know you're here. <laughs> like, I like. Oh, you know, I'm like, I told you, I like, my hearing is very sensitive. Like, I can hear you, like, I can hear you before you come into the kitchen. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true. Yeah, so I tell people, that, that, that's definitely a, a true thing. But and no, during like, COVID, everyone's had real great sense of taste. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? Just appreciate oh, that's, right. that's right, don't you, don't you, yeah, I heard, that's why I heard you lose the, the taste. I was like, oh, man, I, I wouldn't want to lose that. No. Our sense of smell is awesome too. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, got, we got a great sense of smell. I can smell things all over the place. Yeah, which is also like a blessing and a curse because sometimes you smell like someone smoking a cigar, and I don't really care for that. <laughs> and or you know, you smell other just random smells that aren't good. And but then sometimes you smell pizza from like miles away, and you're like, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just hope people can be encouraged about. The potential for treatment and cure, which I do believe will happen. Yep. And also, I've been through a lot of different tragedies in my life, losing my brother, who was my real yeah, helper and support. And he was such a wonderful young man. And he died when he was 27. And I always compare everything to that night. And my father died on my wedding day. Ooh. And there's like been lots of really bad things that have happened and and the RP and, but I find, and uh, one of my favorite verses in the Bible talks about, and this just applies to everybody. It doesn't matter if you believe in God or the Bible, whatever. 
that in your difficulties, it produces perseverance, strength, hope, character, all these things. And for anybody who feels just so defeated by this disease, um, you do have to look at some of the good things that have come of it. I never would have gone back to university and got my criminology and law degree. I never would have. I never would have appreciated so many different things. Um, it's oh, yeah. a real strength so that when other rotten things happened, I, I was a stronger person to be able to manage them. It's awesome. And even like you said, the whole COVID thing, it's like, oh, big deal. I love lying around. The house. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're telling me I'm around. not a lot. Wait a minute. I have to. You're going to pay me to yeah. stay in the house. <laughs> and that's all I have to do. Yeah. Okay. We could do this. Like I said, I've lucked out because, you know, you know, we, you know, I'm, I mean, all, any with RP probably has, you know, I'm hoping anyway, people who are into fitness, who have RP have their own equipment because they know they don't want to go to a gym. We don't want to go in those worlds. So we're prepared. We've already, if we're, if you're, whatever you're into, you probably already have that stuff at your house. You don't have to travel to get it because you have RP and you don't want to. So you, you've already set your environment. Your environment is probably, your house is probably already set up with the things that you want. So you're not going to go through any kind of depression because you have things set up already to keep you going, you know, and. But the people that are unfortunately suffering from depression and, and, and all this with the isolation and stuff are people that aren't used to it, who aren't, hmm. you know, don't have that. Like, so they don't have that strength. Like, they haven't gained that yet. You know, yeah. you know, you and I, we've, like I said, we're, we're strong already. We, we, we've dealt with horrible stuff in our, in our lives. Um, and, and if anything, we're dealing with loss every day. So, yeah. so having, you know, to put add this to our plate, it's like okay, let me just slide this over, slap that on there. Yeah, here's another like, thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, we're good. We got this. So I, I it doesn't phase me. You know, it's like yeah, do I miss uh, talking to people sometimes, like in person, and do I you know? But I soak it up now. Like if I see my friend come over, you know, and we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll you know we'll soak it up because we know like it's just it's just a weird time right now. And do I miss yeah. racing and you know, doing actual like, you know, road, you know, actual race, like 5k events, 10ks and all that stuff. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, marathons. I love to do like actual, like be in person racing again, but uh, we just don't know when that's going to happen. But I have a treadmill. Actually I have two. So, uh, so I'm good. <laughs> so I, I, you know, we'll make, we'll make do, you know, and you know, we'll find out. We'll, there's like we say in RP, there's always a way to do something. Yeah. We just have to do it differently. <laughs> my so, good friend was a, a winning Paralympian runner, distance runner, and um, he has RP. And uh, he was actually involved in a car accident where he broke a number of bones in his body when he was out with his running partner. Mm-hmm. And it was just devastating, but he managed to bounce back and uh, competed in a few more things. And he's a teacher and his children now run. And that just always amazes me. Just the perseverance. And uh, especially now that I can't walk very well, I'm kind of ticked at myself that I can't even go for a good power walk. But yeah, like... But then you realize there's people adapted. out there that can't walk. What's that? But then you realize there's people out there that can't walk. That can't walk. And when so, I and, and, broke yeah, the so. thing and I couldn't walk, and I was using my mother's walker... <laughs> kind of like a wheelchair yeah. okay and 
was wheeling around with this thing, I said, oh my goodness, I've always focused so much on not being able to see very well. It never occurred to me what it would be like to not be able to walk. And it's funny sometimes, like when you talk about someone who has hearing loss, and I'm the same way. I go, oh, well, no, I'd rather be blind. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't want to give up my music this. and my hearing. Yeah, we, um, yeah. But to give up walking and, you know, I know other people that no, can't walk. Idea. And to experience that for a couple of months, I, I don't know. I find we're just so strong that we always we're more compassionate about other people. Um, we think they have it worse sometimes. And oh yeah, I know there are days when... I feel sorry for myself and I'm mad and everything else, but really it's, it's not a, a fatal thing. It's not a death sentence. It's something you have to adapt to and accept. And it's a drag, you know, there are days where I'm not happy about it, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everyone has a cross to bear. <laughs> but what I think is what I tell people, like, like I've had people like, um, they're always like, "Oh, you're so inspiring to do." I'm like, "I'm like, I've been, I've seen people who don't, who can't walk, like, yeah. mm-hmm. do way more impressive things than me." Like, I'm just going blind. Like, my body works. You know, like, I, I yeah. can do other things and other stuff. Uh, like, um, one time I had the privilege of I did a, a Spartan race and I had been in conversation with one of the girls I I that was on another team I was on and we, we were talking about the race that was coming up and I was like, Oh, maybe I'll see you there. So I ended up helping the team. She's paralyzed. And, uh, so I decided that we, I wanted to help the team. And the funny thing is the whole time she didn't realize like I was, I was an athlete, not, uh, she thought I was like a guy, like a guide, not an athlete, not a, a, you know? So I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm a visually impaired athlete. She's like, and you're going to like, and you want to help me. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like my legs and everything work. I can carry you. And I was like, I can carry you. Just someone needs to point and tell me where I'm going. <laughs> she's like, she's like, oh, that's awesome. And I was like, oh yeah, like it just. But that's why I think it's always hilarious when you know people you know think what we do is amazing sometimes because I always try to think that like yeah exactly. There's I know a lot of visual. I know a lot of paralyzed athletes because I'm on a team that helps. You know, she's one of them, and I know a few others that are paralyzed and are you know and you're like no i they seem way more badass than me yeah but but, but thank you, know, you. <laughs> but, you are, but you are inspiring people sometimes without realizing it or feeling that way when mm. people tell me i inspire them i'm like what me you know oh, right yeah right but like, yeah, i, I did know. read or hear once that when you think of people that inspire you it's not okay i'm inspired by that person because they're sitting on a mountain of money that's really oh, not right. an inspiration. Oh, it, no, right. It, it, inspiring usually refers to someone who has overcome some sort of challenge to get where they are. Every story of inspiration involves that. And oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, if we can inspire people in some little way, even if we think we're undeserving, if we can just show the strength of character and endurance and all those things. I think it's better uh, to feel that way. I think it's better to be more humble about it. I mean, I try to anyway. Like, I mean, I appreciate yeah. that people think that of me. And it feels good, don't get me wrong. But, uh, but I know. I'm yeah. always feeling so undeserving of that when people tell me that. 
<laughs> I, think I mean, one of my friends is a breast cancer survivor, and she's like, she thinks yeah. I'm like this. She's like, oh, you know, you inspire me so much. I'm like, me? Exactly. Yeah, like, I'm like, you, you got, you got literally told like almost like a death sentence in a way. Like, you had a doctor literally come out and say say these words to you that a lot of people are are, are scared of. Yeah. You know, hearing, you know, like uh, I'm just being told and slowly going blind. You're literally, you know, you might, you don't know what your fight was gonna be like. With, with cancer yeah. and stuff like that you don't know like that's that's a whole other realm to me yeah but, yeah, so true. but like we said like but thank you like you know like you know hey you know i appreciate that but i mean i don't know it's, a, it's definitely tough i always say that we always things that we do are super impressive like simple things that like you would do and anybody else would do in a normal life would think are amazing to other people that we would do like like if i mow the lawn for instance i always say oh i mowed the lawn people would be like oh my god you mowed the lawn <laughs> How'd you do that? Like that's amazing. Like you moved your own lawn. I'm like, like, yeah, I moved my own lawn. Like it took, it took me a little longer, you know, and I had to go over spots, but and I and I probably missed a bunch of spots, but but yeah, I did it. It's like, oh man, that's amazing. Like you know, yeah. So things that we do, just the simplest things. You could be like, oh, I went out and got the mail today. Like oh, you got out, you went and got the mail by yourself. So like I did. You're like, oh, what? That's that's just oh man that's crazy you know so yeah so that's a it's it's a bonus in a way because we can do things that like anything you do is going to be awesome and inspiring to somebody anything you do because it in their head like they just don't they don't know what we're seeing they don't understand they think like it it could be worse than what we what we're actually seeing or whatever but they're they're thinking probably the worst so just anything you do like oh i cleaned the house today oh, i can't believe you clean your own house yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i do yeah my mom does too and she has worse vision than me <laughs> my does mom is almost blind does your mother still have any vision you i know i know her rods and her cones are her rods and her cones are like gone yeah and i know like i i, I would say she's probably almost like probably pinhole yeah probably really small yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I know she, I think she can still, like, I know she mentioned, like, seeing my, being able to see, it, like, my son and stuff like that, but, like, she'd have to, like, hold him somewhere, like, in a certain area, and she'd be able to see him. Yeah. So, it's, 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 but it's not a lot, I mean, but you, at the same time, it's like you say, like, you couldn't tell. My mom still does a lot of things that, you know, uh, even blow me away, even though I know, even though I'm, I'm someone with RP, so it's like, but I'm still, uh, I'm still impressed because, you know. She still, you know, grooms dogs and, you know, and oh, she wow. comes over. She, she does my, my dog's nails for me. Oh, she my goodness. She'll, she'll do the, you know, she'll grind them down for me. So, wow. yeah, like she's, she still does all those uh, normal mom things, you know. Yeah, so it's, that's, she's always been my, my inspiration because, and that's exactly kind of like what you were saying, how sometimes, you know, those are the people, those are the people that are inspiring. That, that yeah. Not, my mom wasn't sitting on a million dollars. Yeah, so yeah. It just my mom cooking and cleaning growing up was amazing to me, you know, mm-hmm. just have, like knowing that she was a normal mom that could you know do laundry and cook, clean, you know, and take care of the house, but yet be dealing with this. I I thought that was, you know, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. So she always she always made me feel like that it was okay, like I was gonna be okay. Like when I got diagnosed, it wasn't a big deal because that's that's how I felt. Like I'm gonna be alright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you had her and you knew somebody too with that yeah. shared experience. That's wonderful. My mom's good. I'm like my mom. My mom's a mom. So I mean, when the time comes around, when I'm a dad, I'll be a dad, <laughs> and I'll get. I'll, I will find ways to get things done, and 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 hopefully, if you know my son gets it, and if yeah, he'll look at me and say, 
it's okay. Like, Dad, I watched you do all these amazing things. So what do I really have to worry about? And, and just, you know, the cycle will continue. <laughs> yeah. You know, lead by example. So. Mm-hmm. But no, you've been amazing. Like, I, I, you sound, despite anything, you know, that's happened to you, you seem to have a very um, positive outlook on, you know, on dealing with it. So. Well, I'm very blessed that my husband um, is actually a comedian. <laughs> like so it helps. I mean he hasn't performed in a long time but he was an improviser and he had a oh, crazy, improv, yeah. crazy show on TV and stuff like that and he's hilarious um and he's very strong and really takes care of me but we found that humor really works well humor you gotta. humor is very important you have to food. laugh because if you don't you become really bitter yeah so that helps me to become to stay positive. I like it. That's <laughs> being awesome. Silly, being silly sometimes. You have to. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I grew up yelling at my friends every time they tripped because I told them that they were taking my job. <laughs> Knock it off. I guess. Let me do that. <laughs> you, you guys have your own thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm the blind at night guy. So please let me do my thing. No, you have to find ways to laugh. I don't know if you've ever heard of the musician Jeff Healy. He's he's passed away, really, really but he was like one of the best guitarists in the world. And he was uh, he had um, cancer in his eyes when he was very young, and it oh wow took his vision. But if you Google Jeff Healy, he's just amazing. And sadly, the cancer came back a few years ago, and he passed away. But he used to have this club in Toronto, and he had some kind of function. We were there. And he, we were talking, and of course I didn't have a cane, and he has a cane, but had a cane. And he said to me, you've got to get a cane. Hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm not there yet, whatever. And he says, you know why? Because when people are annoying you, you can just smack them in the ankles and just say, oh, sorry <laughs> about that. Because you can, just, you can just whack people that are annoying you. or <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. I- my mom said the same thing. She, I was, I always told her, I'm like, well, mom, what if I'm in a crowded place and like I'm swinging my cane and I hit somebody? She's like, it's okay. It's your, it's, it's your, your safety is more important than theirs. They can see. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you've okay. got a good excuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just whoops. Sorry. Yeah. Didn't no, you have to, you got to find a little humor in things, but. Yep. Totally. I love it. So, uh, well, you enjoy the, uh, Canada weather. Yeah, it's snowing really heavily right now, which is okay. I don't know. At least it brightens things up. November is always gray and Oh, okay. So the snow kind of illuminates a little bit. But um it was great chatting with you and Oh ditto. You're you're awesome. I I I really enjoyed it. I mean you you liking cars helps. Anything anybody who likes things that I like and it makes it easier on me to to talk. (laughs) Well someday Someday I'm gonna go see that Mustang yours. I hey you open invitation. You're 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 more than welcome. People always invite me to their place when I'm on this podcast. So you know what? You're 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 more than welcome if you're ever in the Connecticut area. I would love to be. Yeah, and anytime you want to come up to Canada, which I'm right next to Massachusetts. So if you're ever down there, you know it's not gonna take yeah. a little bit longer to get to Connecticut. Sounds great. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, you have a wonderful day and Merry Christmas. Thanks for all you do. Thank you.
Okay. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. See you next week for another episode of Living Free with RP.